what am I waiting for? You know, who am I seeking permission from? And so it was more about thinking, okay, if I have 20 years left in my life, if I have 30 years, how many ever years I have left? Because none of us know how much time we actually have. I want to start doing things that make me happy. I want to start doing things to leave a mark, leave a legacy. And from that point, it was like I had to get out of the mindset of people pleasing or making other people comfortable and and things like that. Because a lot of people, when you do things like that, they aren't comfortable anymore with who you are. We stay in this this box to make other people comfortable, you know, and it's like you're going to get uncomfortable because I'm getting out of the box. Welcome to Reinvention Rebels, stories of brave and unapologetic women, 50 to 90 years young, who have boldly reimagined life on their own terms to find new purpose and possibilities. I'm your host, Wendy Battles. Ready for a dose of inspiration? Let's get to it. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Reinvention Rebels podcast. I am your host, Wendy Battles, and so excited that you joined me for a bit of inspiration and motivation to help you see new possibilities for your own life. And I'm excited to share with you the amazing Tracy Momi in just a few moments. She is a fierce and fabulous reinvention rebel was a really fantastic story to get us all thinking about our own lives. First, however, as you know, I like to begin each episode by sharing a brief review I've recently received. This is a review from Mindful Midlife Crisis, and it's entitled Contagious Inspiration. Reinvention Rebels does such a great job of elevating the voices of people whose curiosity, courage, and commitment has propelled them forward into new experiences. Wendy does such a great job of letting her guests share their stories. Reinvention Rebels shows that it's never too late to live the life we want to lead. Kudos to you, Wendy. Thank you so much. This is from Billy of the Mindful Midlife Crisis podcast. First of all, thank you, Billy, for taking a couple of minutes to write this really fantastic review. I really appreciate it. And I know you know, as an ND podcaster, these reviews are so important. So I want to ask all of you, if you wouldn't mind, when you're done listening, to just take a moment to rate this podcast for me, review it. You can do it on an Apple podcast or Podchaser, but lots of possibilities to share your thoughts about it. I also want to mention that the Mindful Midlife Crisis podcast is awesome. I love it. It's a great podcast all about how we can navigate midlife with greater ease. I had the pleasure of being a guest on this podcast with Billy and Bryant recently, and it was fabulous. So I've included a link to their podcast in the show notes to make it really easy for you to access because it is full of midlife inspiration and I think information that you'll really enjoy. You will love my guest today, 51-year-young 
crazy mommy. This fierce reinvention rebel has reimagined her life to focus on her creative passions. Tracy is an author, freelance graphic designer, and creative spirit. She's the author of five novels with a new release just out in January 2022, You Had Me Fooled. Additionally, Tracy is the founder of the online community Face of 50, a community that celebrates and empowers women in their 50s and beyond. This fabulous rebel is brimming with wisdom, humor, and passion for life that's contagious. You can't help but see new possibilities for your own life after hearing our conversation. Tracy Momi, welcome to the Reinvention Rebels guest chair. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. I really appreciate you having me on the show. My big fan, big fan. It is, um, it's a mutual admiration club. And I'm so happy to return the favor because I was thrilled when you asked me to join you as a guest way back when on an Instagram live. And we're going to talk all about the cool things that you're up to and the reinvention you've had, but I'm really excited that you're with me. And just to tell our audience a little bit about how we met, I make it sound like it's a dating thing, but you know, I always like to go down this <laughs> down memory lane with my guests. And I, I saw you on Instagram when I was relatively new to Instagram with the podcast. And I saw you had this face of 50 page. And I said, who is this woman? who seems so interesting, who's featuring all these women over 50. Like, I need to find out who she is. And before I could even, like, I saw you in an application, before I even got that far, you reached out to me. That's like serendipity. You know, we're both, like, thinking about each other because I saw um, you also on Instagram, and I was like, reinvention rebels? I'm intrigued. <laughs> and I went and I saw, what your, <laughs> I saw what your platform was about, and I was like, oh, this is so right up my alley. This is so right up my alley because I believe that that's just, you know, it's symbiotic with growth. It's like you have to continue to reinvent yourself, you know, especially as you get older and as you age so that you can continue, you know, to grow and to come into who you really are meant to be. Yeah. And, and I like how you said, come into who you were really meant to be. Because yes. I think that is so possible when we're open to reinvention. And I really want to know about a time when you've reinvented yourself where it helped you step into that person. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I am one of these people. I consider myself to be just like a lifelong learn, learner and I, you know, a student of life. And I'm always looking for opportunities to grow and to to do better and be better. And I can remember working in uh, human resources. I've been in human resources for a really long time. And I wanted to go back to school because after a while it was kind of like, eh, I don't know you know, if I want to stay here. You know, it was really good. I'd been there for like a decade and I started uh, taking classes. I had taken some classes, you know, like gotten my, um, you know, some credits from when I was in high school and then, you know, in my twenties and thirties, but I started taking these classes to get a communication degree. And it was a lot of writing. There was a lot of photography, uh, graphic design, web design. And it just like, I feel like my soul opened up and I was like, this is what I'm meant to be doing. I'm a creative. I should be doing this. I don't, you know, so at that point, you know, I went more aggressively and I had two kids at the time. I was working full time. And that last semester, I told my husband, I was like, 
after I get this degree, you know, I want to do something else. So, and and since I made that decision, that was back in 2012, it has just been, I don't even know how to describe it, how much joy I feel waking up doing things that I really love, you know, and things that I'm really passionate about. I know just what you mean, because I feel the same way. And when you said you had that aha moment that like you had arrived and this was it, that is joyful. That is joyful to figure out after all these years, this is what I'm meant to do. Exactly. Exactly. Because I think a lot of times we we just go through the motions. You know, a lot of times we do what um, we think is expected of us, you know, and especially as women, I don't even think we put ourselves in the on the list or in the mix of, okay, what makes me happy? What's going to fulfill me? We're just so busy trying to make sure everyone else is taken care of. Is that not the truth? Girl, so true. So true. So to our own detriment, right? We're often so busy, to your point, thinking about everyone else, taking care of everyone else, that our, our needs take a back seat. So I think that makes it harder to uncover our joyful self, those aha moments, sometimes yes. really tuning into what what does bring us joy, what gets us excited. And I love that you invested in yourself by taking these classes, doing this program, that you gave yourself permission to yeah. try out different things and see what lit you up. And you found something. Absolutely. That really did, which is exciting. And that's to me what reinvention is about. That's when reinvention truly works when we're Mm -hmm. living in this light and we are so passionate and we feel like we're living on purpose. What would you say is the biggest lesson that you garnered from reinventing yourself in this really exciting way? I think that the biggest lesson that I've learned is, you know, to trust myself number one, and to trust my instincts. And that if things don't work out, I mean, it's not the end of the world. You know, it's a lesson. And now maybe you're going to have to pivot and think, okay, what else can I do? Or how else can I make this, this work? I think that so many people are afraid to even try or to think about what they want because either they don't think they can get it or have it, or they think they're not going to be successful at it. So let me just stew here and suffer in silence and feel like I'm mediocre because I'm too afraid to do anything else, you know? So I just think trusting myself and knowing that, you know, I was going to learn and grow from the experience regardless of how it turned out, you know, was was the big deal for me. Yeah, it sounds like it. And I also heard in what you said that it was about your mindset. Yes, Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, this mindset of like, I can do this. We're we're often, you know, women, I notice we can have a limited mindset sometimes. And what you said, well, I can't, I don't know if I can do that. I don't think I can do that. But you were like, I can do this. Yes. Yes. I mean, you have to believe it. It, it, You know, and of course, there's like in the back of your mind, maybe there's some fear. And it's like that saying that we hear all the time about, you know, do it afraid. You know, sometimes you have to do that. And I think you just get to a point you know, in life where it's more about, you know, trying to achieve some level of of happiness, peace or joy for yourself. And you're not really worried about 
what other people are going to think, what other people are going to say, because that's another thing I think that holds people back. And I think I got to the point where I was like, I don't care about these people. I don't care what they say or, you know, because at the end of the day, I have to live with me. I have to live, you know, with my family, with my husband, with my kids. And I want to bring the best version of myself, you know, to the, to these relationships that I have. So it's just like, I'm going for it. (laughs) I love that. I love that idea of I'm going for it. So I'm really curious about how did you go from, oh, you know, maybe I'm concerned about what people think to, I don't really care what people think. I need to live my life. So there, there's a difference there. And I know for many women, that's a big hump to get over. This notion of changing my mindset to one of, it's about what I want and I don't care what anyone else thinks. So how did you, how did you transition to, I don't care what anyone thinks? What, what was going on? For me, honestly, it was, my mom passed away in 2012. And I think that, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, when you, you know, lose a parent, you kind of come more in touch with your own mortality. And I just started thinking to myself, it's like, you know, we all know how our stories are going to end at the end of the day. And I'm like, what am I waiting for? You know, who am I seeking permission from? Mm. And so it was more about thinking, okay, if I have 20 years left in my life, if I have 30 years, how many ever years I have left? Because none of us know, you know, when, how much time we actually have. I want to start doing things that make me happy. I want to start doing things to leave a mark, leave a legacy. And so, and from that point, it was like, I had to get out of the mindset of people pleasing or, you know, making other people comfortable, you know, and and things like that. Because a lot of people, when you do things like that, people, they aren't comfortable anymore with who you are. You know, we stay in this, this box to make other people comfortable. You know, and it's like, you're going to get uncomfortable because I'm getting out of the box and I'm going and I'm doing and I'm going to try things and, you know, I'm going to live, learn, grow. So that that was the catalyst for me, my mom's passing and just coming face to face with my own mortality. That's a powerful catalyst to get us thinking differently. And it seems like sometimes it takes that, whether it's the death of someone we love or a change, some other change in our life, a divorce or changing jobs or something sometimes that shakes us up. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Shifts our perspective that can help us get to that. And I know when we're going through those things, it's painful. It's Mm -hmm. painful to lose a parent or a sibling. It's painful to lose a job you've had for 25 years unexpectedly. It's painful to have a relationship break up or whatever that thing is. So I know that like I'm resistant to that. Like I don't like, like no one wants to feel bad. Yeah. You know, I don't like when you're in that low space, but I also feel like I've learned a lot about feeling those feelings and being with that pain to give me that perspective that you're talking about to be able to then oh, yes, to kind of yes. like step back. And that's part of what I hear you saying that that really did propel you forward, even though it was yeah. so hard. Yeah. I think a lot of times when like the rug is kind of, you know, snatched from under us, it it's going to really reveal your character at that point. Right. Because you've been so used to, you know, mom or dad being there, that sibling being there, being able to have that job. And it's like, when those things are no longer there, it's like, who am I really, you know, and, and, and how am I going to survive this? And that's kind of when you have to, a lot of ways you have to reinvent yourself because now you're no longer the daughter. You're no longer the manager at this place. It's like, 
Who are you? And I think that those times, like I said, it not only does it reveal character, there's a huge opportunity there for growth, for change, for reinvention. Are you thinking, I'll have some of what she's having? Reinvention ripples are amazing, as you can hear from our discussion. They've put themselves first, decided their dreams matter, and are taking action. They have unleashed their inner rebel and are living on purpose in midlife. Are you ready to start putting yourself first and embark on your midlife dreams, focused on what you want, not others' ideas of what you should do? Come check out my new audio course, Midlife Reinvention from the Inside Out, Eight Essentials to Greenlight Your Life. I share my roadmap to get you started on your reinvention journey with the key components you need to navigate detours and get on the road to smooth reinvention sailing. Sis, it is time to give yourself the green light to shine in midlife and crush those dreams of yours with joy and purpose. Join today and let's reinvent and get inspired together. Details are in the show notes. Absolutely. It's amazing that those can be defining moments. And it really struck me when you said, when you're no longer the manager, you're no longer the daughter, something has really shifted. And, and yeah, of course it takes inner strength, right? It takes, it takes you to being able to shift and and get through it, of course. But on the other side Uh is so much possibility. And that's what I hear you really saying that when you were studying and you uncovered I have this amazing creative side and I love doing that. Yes. That was all about the possibility that exists to me when we reinvent ourselves. Yes, because I mean, why not, you know, dream big, think big, because there's this, like I said, opportunity here now for me to do something I've never done before. Let me challenge myself. Let me, you know, see how far I can go. Let me trust myself, you know? And I think a lot of times, you know, you have to think about, and this is how I kind of thought about it. When you're working and you're looking for a new job and you go and you either fill out the uh, application or you have the interview, your resume, you put all this experience that you have. Oh, I did X, Y, Z at my last job. I don't think we give ourselves enough credit for the life experiences and the things that we've done and the things that we've overcome. And when, if you were to put your, like your life experiences and things that you've done and overcome, like on paper, like as a resume, you'd be surprised at what you realize you are really capable of. You know, a lot of people think, oh, I could never do, you know, project management. Meanwhile, they have like three kids in school with all these different activities and all these different cal. You've been project managing. You just weren't calling it that. You were just calling it motherhood. (laughs) And because if that is a one big project manager job, I don't know what Exactly, exactly. But I think that, you know, and a lot of people, they don't even know, like, what am I good at or what would make me happy? And that too, is I think something that, especially as women, you need to kind of sit with yourself and start thinking, you know, what is making me happy? And it's it's okay too, because I want to just take a step back. I think a lot of times, especially with social media, there's this messaging out there that everybody needs to be starting a business. Everybody needs to be a boss, babe. Everybody, you know, and sometimes it may not even be something as big as that. It could be, you like to quilt, you like to crochet, you like doing crossword puzzles, whatever it is, just tap into that and do more of what makes you happy. 
Yeah, I think that that's right. Finding that just right fit that's fits who you are and what lights you up, which could be totally different than somebody else. Exactly. I think that's really the key to reinvention. I mean, to a successful reinvention to me, and I certainly have reinvented myself many times. But when I look back, I once reinvented myself as a health coach, which was great because I didn't like my job and I wanted to leave. (laughs) And But I didn't have the passion. I wasn't doing it. I wasn't living on purpose. So yes, I reinvented myself. But it wasn't that just right fit versus now I've reinvented myself in the way, this way that is so exciting that I'm so happy about that I brings me so much joy to celebrate and elevate, you know, midlife and older women that it's so different. Like this is the reinvention for me. That other one was just practice. Sometimes you have to do things to know what's not for you. You know, you have to try things and fail at them or not like that because you, it may not, you know, the, the thing that really brings you joy and passion, may, it may not be something that's apparent that first time out. You know, you may have to do a couple of things until you get to the thing that really, you know, sparks joy in you. It's so true. And I think that we can think of those things as not mistakes, but to your point, stepping stones in yeah, the right direction. Exactly. Exactly. Hey, amazing listeners. Are you feeling a little social? Come Join me on social media for a big dose of inspiration. You'll find me on Instagram at Reinvention Rebels. Same thing on Facebook. And also I'm on Twitter at Rebels Reinvent. I look forward to seeing you soon. I think because we live in a world where people want things right now, they want to like instantly know, like, I figured it out. Totally microwave society. Right? (laughs) Bing, it's done. And all right, I'm now, which I mean, life is so messy. It's so nonlinear. It's so crazy making often. And I think that if we can shift our mindset to, to be more open to and listening, also just, I think, tuning into those cues that we can get. If we're oh, aware, yeah. right. If we're more self-aware yeah. that can help us in our, in our reinvention journey which I think makes a big difference. One thing I saw when I found you on Instagram is that you were doing this beautiful thing called the face of 50. And I thought, oh, that's fascinating. The face of 50. So tell our listeners about the face of 50. And because I, when I looked at that, I said, this is a reinvention rebel. This is someone who is (laughs) really living her best life and elevating other people, other women, and is just, you know, in this space of bringing more joy. So tell us about how you created the Face of 50 and what it's all about. The Face of 50 came about, it was a community that I started um, like a week or so after my 50th birthday. And because to be honest, I was not looking forward (laughs) to turning 50. (laughs) You know, even though I had been like pro reinventing myself, changing jobs and going back to school and all of that, I still think that I had this mental image of like, what someone in their 50s was like, I felt like, oh, I'm getting old. And I kind of made myself think, so now I'm not going to be able to do all these things that I used to do. You know, I'm getting to be an older lady and my time is running out. And I just started, you know, looking at stuff online and it saw a lot of women, a lot of celebrities who were turning 50 and just kind of being inspired by how some of the people were, um, some of the, even the influencers, you know, on Instagram. And I was like, you know what? 
I am going to, you know, reach out to some ladies and spotlight people who are turning 50 because there were a lot of people, you know, in my friend group that were turning 50. And, you know, we're just going to forge together and we're going to show the world that 50 is so far from being done, you know, that we're just getting started. So initially it just started as a um, place where I was like asking people, you know, women in their fifties to send in photos and I would ask them the best thing about being in their fifties. And um, I would post it on the site and it just, I mean, on Instagram and it just kind of took off. And I was like, well, there's something here. Maybe, you know, we could have a deeper connection. And the response has just been incredible. You know, the women that were sending in photos and sharing stories and it has just been so inspirational to me and it's just made me feel even better about being 50 and what's ahead. And, you know, that there's so much more, you know, in a lot of ways I feel like I'm just getting started. You know, I feel like I'm yeah. truly coming into myself and, you know, in ways that I never thought that I would be able to, because, you know, I think back to when, like when my mom was 50, that was a, it's like, it seems like when my mom and my grandmother were 50, they were, I know it sounds ridiculous, but it was like they were older. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, I totally, there's totally just so much understand vibrancy. that. There's yeah. just so much vibrancy now and people are living longer and, and your health and it's just so much. And I think social media connecting with people of different ages and, you know, different things like that. So, yeah. So that's how it started. It really started as an ego boost for me. <laughs> But it's turned into something so much, much more that I'm so proud of. Yeah. As you should be, because I think there's something to be said to belong to what I like to call Club 50. Like you've gotten to, this is a big milestone to get to 50. And oh, yeah. then to yeah. see that all these endless possibilities that you're talking about, that these really these women really bring out the exactly. things they're doing. Yes. Yeah. Because there's so many, there's so much diversity in the group with regards to not only location. I mean, there's a woman in there from South Africa. There's uh, several people from Canada that I've heard from and all over the United States. And like their jobs are as vast as we have a judge, you know, they're women that have their own businesses, they're homemakers. So it just shows us in such a variety of, um, you know, not only occupations, but just lifestyles and like women in their fifties are just like any, you know, any other group of women, <laughs> you know, we, we, we have the same, you know, joys, we have the same sorrows. And because I feel like sometimes people, I mean, because I did it. So I know that a lot of times younger people and the media, it's like they start at, at a certain age, it's like, you're almost kind of like, forgotten or it's like, okay, your time has passed. We're not talking to you. We're market, you know, marketing and targeting these millennials or these, you know, other people. And, you know, you just wonder, okay, am I invisible? Like, hello, I'm still here. <laughs> I'm still viable. I'm still, you know, I still have money. I have a paycheck. <laughs> I want to spend my money on something too. <laughs> yeah. And the irony of it is that we tend to have more buying power as we Absolutely. age, right? We have more disposable income than we did when we were 20 and when I was broke. Yeah. <laughs> right? Exactly. You're trying to rub two exactly. pennies together and like pay your rent, you know? And yes. I think that, that I, I feel like that's starting to change a little bit, that the needle's starting to be moved. I do. I do too. And I think it's it has a lot to do with, you know, 
just it, it seems to me within the last, you know, maybe I want to say 10 years or so. I mean, with you got stuff like the Me Too movement happening and um, a lot of women uh, talking about the equal pay, whether it's in the boardroom or in Hollywood. I think just in general, the world is paying more attention to women, you know, whether they're paying more attention to women and realizing that we hold up this society. It's not just about, you know, the patriarchy. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. So I, I no think kidding. And, and we're seeing that like kind of trickle down in all um, areas, whether it's, you know, ageism, sexism and, and all yeah. of that. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really a good true. time to be alive. A good time to be a woman. You know? It is. <laughs> yeah. It really is. And I, I do think that so many more women are finding their voice which shows up in a myriad of ways these oh, days. Yes. And I think that's great. So, and I know that, that, you know, Face of 50 is all about kind of finding your authentic self, putting that on display, being proud of who you are. And I think it's great when we can become more unapologetic. And we, you sort of touched on that earlier, becoming clear on your pursuing your goals and dreams and doing it because you want to do it. What advice do you have for women that are listening that aren't maybe where you or I are right now, where we feel super confident, we feel like we're living on purpose, we are unapologetically pursuing our dreams. But some women, are, I, I need to work on that a bit. They need to build their unapologetic muscle in a way that you've already built yours up. What advice do you have for these women? to move in that direction, to become more unapologetic? I would say that it doesn't have to be some like grandiose gesture. You know, you can start with something small, whether it's cutting off your hair. You've been thinking for years, oh, I want to cut my hair. I want to dye it, you know, fire engine red, but this person isn't going to like it or my husband's not going to like it or maybe at work they're going to say something. It's your hair, <laughs> you know, at the end of the day. So whether it's changing your hair, changing your wardrobe, changing your diet, whatever, start with small changes. And I think once you can kind of like say, you know, this is about me, this is for me, and I'm sorry if you're not comfortable with that. And then it, it kind of leads up to bigger things, because I think when people start to see those smaller changes in you, they know something's coming. They know something's coming. Um, so, yeah, I would say just start there because as the, as the world changes, I mean, the way that you belong to the world, that you belong in the world, is going to change as well. That's what life is all about. It's about evolution. It's about growth. And you're not, you know, required to stay the person you were 10 years ago, 20 years ago, a year ago. You're, you're allowed to change and, and be different, have different ideas, different thoughts, so yeah, just start small. Look, what is that se that saying? It's better to uh, ask for forgiveness than permission, yes, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's so, exactly yeah. it. That's exactly it. And I think I did. I think it's just human nature that women are socialized to apologize. Yes, about yes. everything and little things, big things. Yeah, my daughter was doing that for a while, and I had to tell her. I was like, "There's no need for you to apologize if if you've done something to hurt someone." you know, then you need to think about what you've done and you need to offer up a sincere apology, but don't just keep apologizing for breathing, basically. And I don't know, yeah, where that comes from. We just 
sometimes apologize for existing. And it is, it's very, very disheartening. It is, it is. And I think that that's the kind of, that's the kind of mentoring or coaching that I think young people often need though, is to say, wait a minute, you know, I heard what you said and you don't need to do that because how else do we learn unless someone coaches us along the way? Because sometimes exactly. it's, I've noticed sometimes it's so subtle that we do it and we don't always notice we're doing it. Yeah. I think that uh, sometimes we do that because, and I know for my daughter, after we had to talk about it, it's like we don't want people to be upset with us. We don't want people to be angry. We want to make sure that you're okay. Is it okay that I did that? Is it okay that I went there? Is it okay that I sat here? You know, so we're like, sorry, is that okay? Because we're constantly seeking permission and validation from everyone, you know? Yeah, exactly. And, And so I like this idea that you suggested of starting small. Instead of this dramatic change. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Which, you know, sometimes we're not even ready for. Like we say we want to change and maybe we go a little overboard and then we're like, well, maybe that was not the best idea. So I think this idea, though, of taking small steps and trying it on for size is really helpful. And really good advice for someone who said, well, I want to reinvent myself, but I'm not sure where to start. And if I can just make this small step in that direction and try it out. And it builds your courage because if you can get through that, then, oh, well, I can go and do this next thing, you know, or if you see that people had a positive, if you're still like looking for validation and people had a positive reaction to it, you're like, okay, yeah, now I can go over here and do that. So yeah, that yes, I yeah. think that that's really it, and I think you you really hit the nail on the head when you said it. It helps us build our courage because I think that courage is one of the key things that people need to reinvent themselves. Uh, I've been talking about my three C's, which are these qualities I've seen in every woman I have interviewed, and they are curiosity, which is like you. You're very curious. You're interested in the world around you. You said you're a lifelong learner. Yes, and. These women are so curious about what could I get up to? What's what's something that interests me? What's something I've never done? Right? And it's also about courage. And I think that is so key. Yes. I also think courage is something we, we can build over time, right? And to your point, yeah. you do something small, it helps build your courage. Then maybe you do something a little bigger to get out there in your reinvention Exactly. Exactly. Because you got to, but you just got to start somewhere, you know, because otherwise you would just stew in fear, you know, you just forever, like you just be there. And and the worst thing that can happen, and I know I've heard some of the women, you know, on on your podcast talk about this. It's like, you don't want to get, you know, further down in life and in age and have these regrets Uh, about things you should have done. Yes. Especially... Because you don't know, like, God forbid, your health takes a turn or something happens where you can't do the thing. So if you can do it now, maybe now is the time to kind of step out there on faith or take those little baby steps at trying to, you know, see what it is you can do to to bring about change and growth and and sparking some joy inside of you. Yeah, I I think that that's it. And uh, you you hit the nail on the head with this idea of, not having regrets. And I know we all have regrets about things that have happened in the past and we can all get stuck in sometimes a story about 
what happened or someone did something to you or me or, you know, and we can still be all mad about it. But I think that when we can proactively do what we want to do as you're suggesting yes. and then live without regrets, it is so much more empowering to exactly navigate because life. That's something, that you, that's something that you have control over. Too often in life, we don't have control over a lot of things, but you know, how we show up in the world and how we, you know, want to present ourselves and how we want to interact with people. We can totally control those aspects, you know? So take it where you can get it. (laughs) Because like I said, a lot of things are so beyond our control. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. One thing that you mentioned near the beginning of our conversation was that you reinvented yourself when you started studying communications and Mm -hmm. it really lit you up and you discovered your creative side as part of reinventing yourself. Tell me more about that creative side that you have, because one thing I know from watching you on Instagram is that you, one, I know you're like, uh, are a bibliophile. You love books. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, <laughs> you love to read, you love to do these book reviews, but you're also a writer. So I'm kind of curious about how this creative side really unfolded and and how you how it's evolved over time. I started writing and developed a love of reading when I was like, you know, 13, you know, like back in middle school. But it was always something with regards to the writing that I just kind of did, you know, a lot of people journaled I wrote little short stories. That was my outlet. But it was just something I did for me. And, you know, over the years, as you get busier and you get older and stuff goes on the back burner, you just maybe don't have time for it. And the same with reading. I was in a book club for a little while, like in the early 90s, but so much other stuff. I got married, had kids and, you know, those things that I really enjoyed doing. Again, they had to be put on the back burner. And... Once I was in this class and we had to share, we had to write little stories and we had to do all this stuff. And it was like um, things that we had to read and, and do essays on. It was like, I, rem- I remember doing these things. I really enjoyed it. And I was asking myself, why did I stop? And it's because I prioritized everything and everyone else over what brought me joy. And again, you know, I, the year my mom died was also the same year that I actually got my degree. Uh, she died a month after I got it. And I started thinking after she passed, you know, when I kind of came into the whole, I'm going to do graphic design and stuff. Um, I had a story that I had written, but it needed to be tweaked and I needed to get it edited and all that. And I said to myself, I said, I'm going to, that's on my bucket list. I'm going to publish a book, you know? And I was so scared. I was so scared because writing is such, for me at the time anyway, it was such an intensely personal thing. And I just was not ready for any criticism that I felt like may, excuse me, derail me or make me, you know, feel like you're not as good as you think you are. Mm. So, um, but again, I went back to that. If not now, when? Like, what are you doing? When are you going to put this book out? When you're 70, 80, 90? I mean, and I absolutely could put it out then, but I went ahead and I, you know, got it ready. And within a year, no, it wasn't even a year. It was actually two years because my first book came out in 2015. And the response, it was so amazing. You know, initially it was just people kind of like, oh, you're right. Oh, what is this? And they, you know, would order the book be supportive. 
But then I started getting invited to book clubs and, you know, oh. I did events and it just kind of, you know, went out of control from there. People were asking, well, when is the next book coming out? And it just really bolstered my confidence. And it has just been such a joy. I, <clears throat> excuse me. I just love writing and creating these characters in these worlds and sharing them with people. So, yeah, it just it, it, it was something that was already there, but it just got to come back up to the surface, mm. you know, yeah, so, yeah. and I've just been nurturing it ever since. Hey, it's Wendy. I'd love to ask a small favor. If you're loving the Reinvention Rebels podcast as much as I imagine you may be, please rate and review it for me. Reviews make it easier for others to find the podcast and get inspired too. Check out all the details in the show notes. You can leave a podcast review via Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. Thanks in advance. I really appreciate it. Part of what I hear you saying, though, is that you've gotten really good about your priorities. Like, this is really important, and I'm going to set aside time to do this. I'm going to block off the time. How do you, because I know you're, you're going to release a new book coming up. Yes, in January. Absolutely. And I mean, you hit the nail on the head. It's like, it's about prioritizing what's important to you. You know, and a lot of people say that to me, you know, like, oh, I don't have time for this. I don't have time for that. But they can tell you everything that's going on a Real Housewife show. They can tell you all the 35 shows they've streamed on Netflix. There's your time right there. I'm not, I mean, you know, we have like family night here where like on Friday nights, we may watch movies together. And before the pandemic, that was our thing. We would go to the movie theaters or whatever. But I'm, and as a general rule, I'm not really a big TV watcher. So I can like, that's where I can carve some time because I'm yeah. not like sitting in front of the TV. And most of the time, you know, my kids both, now they're back in school. My kids are older. So like you said earlier, I'm not really having to like watch after them and all of that. So in the morning or at night before I go to bed, I just kind of carve out some time. Like, hey, this is what I'm going to read or this is what I'm going to write. And they, my family is really good about, you know, giving me that space. Oh, mom's up there reading. Oh, she's in there writing. And they don't, they allow me that time because they know how important it is to me. And that's what I think people have to do. You have to not only make it a priority for you, but you have to let the people close to you know how important it is so that it becomes a priority to them. They want you to, you know, have that space and that time because when you're happy and, you know, you feel like you're being able to take care of yourself, that's going to trickle down to the way that you interact with with the people closest to you. Totally, you know? completely. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and and what I hear you saying in that is that it's really about boundaries. Absolutely. That's the perfect. <laughs> yes, yes. That is exactly what it is. Right? Setting and, those boundaries and being yeah, firm on them. Yes, know? yes. And I don't think a lot of people know how to do that. I think they I feel think like right. they're, they're, they feel like their kids, their spouse, their parents should have unlimited access to them. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and I, yeah, I, no. I totally agree. And I think you were so right that that like one of the keys to reinventing ourselves is setting really clear expectations with those around us, right? To get them on our team, basically. Exactly. To get because them, you're going to need that right? support. Exactly. You need that support. Exactly. So whether it's your family or it's friends or it's your coworkers, whoever those people are that are part of your team, your like reinvention team, because often it's not just us, right? Because basically my husband does all of the cleaning and 
he, you know, he does a lot of that stuff to take away the burden so that I can focus on the podcast. And there you go. And there you go. So you're so right about that idea of boundaries. And that really also speaks to this idea of commitment. That's like that third C in becoming a reinvention mm-hmm. rebel is this commitment to yourself. And absolutely right. Committing to ourselves is also saying, this is what I need. Yes. And yes. then being able to express that as you're talking about with the people that are, are helping us down this journey or along this journey to yes. reinvent ourselves. And I think that, that that's so important. I know that when I did my very first podcast episode way back, which was already a year ago, I can't believe it. It was with my friend Barb. And Barb is someone who is now a boundaries coach, a boundaries coach. I bet you probably are thinking, there are things like that, a boundaries yeah. coach? I know I'm thinking that's necessary that people need to be taught. Right. And I think that's right. We need to be taught because she spent a lot of time in a lot of 12 step programs and because she, you know, and she growing up had a lot of issues with boundaries or not having clear boundaries, not setting clear expectations. And she talks about how life is so much easier when we do, when we are clear with ourselves and we're clear with other people about what we can and what we can't do. And, I feel that that is so true. I mean, that really resonates with me because I think I've gotten better about being about being better able to express some of those things. Yes, because I, I find that when you don't, you build up this resentment, you know, and then the people close to you, they're like, they they feel like you're upset or you're mad and they don't even know why. And then you're resentful because it's like you want them like they should be able to read your mind. No, you have to express what it is you need so that you, that's not where you're going to get it. You know, like how are people going to know you teach people how to treat you and what by telling them, this is what I need from you. And then you will either learn that, you know, they don't have the capacity to do it or there needs to be another conversation that that's had, but, and you need to be steadfast in that. I think too often as women, you know, there's another C that I think about, especially in relationships, it's like compromise. Too often we we say the word compromise, but we give in the most, you know, we, we're really giving up the most. And, you know, you at some point you shouldn't compromise. Like you shouldn't, com- like my reading time, that's like a non-negotiable. My writing time, it's, it's a non-negotiable. It's, <laughs> you know, this is what I need to be happy in this space. It's time to do things that bring me joy. And, you know, it's just non-negotiable. Amen to that. <laughs> so true. And I know sometimes it's hard for women to say no. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. No. Is, yeah. <laughs> it's, that's a full sentence. As people say, and you don't even have to like explain exactly, exactly. Just not going to work for me right now. No, I can't do that. No, it's not okay. Whatever that thing is, but that's so key because all of this to me really speaks to self care. Like when we're talking about setting boundaries and focusing on things and making things we want to do a priority, that all rolls up to me under this umbrella of self care. I care enough about myself that I am going to put these boundaries in place, that I'm going to learn how to say no, that I'm going to carve out half an hour every day to read by myself with nobody bothering me. Yes. Yeah. And and you have to do it. For, I mean, for the sake of your mental health as well, which is also a part of self-care, you know, because 
I know that there have been times that I've just really been frustrated and you know, you take it out on people because you weren't able to say, I just needed 10 minutes. And now this, it has turned into this big thing, <laughs> you know, that it's kind of spiraled out of control because you were too afraid to hurt somebody's feelings. Now you're on a warpath hurting everybody's feelings, <laughs> you know? So you definitely have to advocate for yourself, become your biggest advocate, you know? And that's it. Become your biggest advocate. Girl, that is like a tagline. Become your biggest advocate. <laughs> right? Yes. yes. You, you absolutely have right? to become your biggest. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. We have to cheer ourselves on. We need to learn how to encourage ourselves, advocate for ourselves. I really think that's all a part of reinventing ourselves when often definitely that has been missing for many women. And, you know, it's such a great opportunity to now stand up for ourselves. Yes, yes, definitely. You know, I think you, I think in general, when it comes to reinvention and for women, when they think about themselves, I think we get so lost in the identities of the roles that we've assumed, you know, and I think we need to take that time to sit down and say, you know, who am I right now? And then think about who do I want to be? And then we need to make sure that those answers are the same, you know, like, if you envision, okay, this is who I am right now, but this is who I wish to be, then start making a plan to get there. And that's that's the sweet spot there. That's where you're going to find the sweet spot when who the world sees you and how you see yourself kind of aligns. You know, there's not any gray area there. Like, you know, yeah, I'm a mom, but I also wish I was a writer. Well, no, I'm a mom and I'm a writer. And, you know, I've been able to bridge that gap. So, yeah, I, I think that that's so true. And so it just shows that obviously we're all a work in progress. Oh yes. <laughs> we're all we're all yeah. trying to figure we're all trying to figure things out in the best way that we can. And you know Yeah, because there's definitely no one size fits all, you know, because you you have a lot of people and I have been there. I mean, you know, you might be unmotivated, afraid, or just not even in the right emotional headspace because sometimes if you're in a bad situation with regards to a relationship or a job, you're just trying to survive, right? Or, or trying to find a way maybe out of that before you can even talk about doing something else. So that may be the first step. Maybe you're in a toxic environment and before you can even think about reinventing or becoming who you really want to be, it may require finding a way to leave that environment, you know, before you can really focus on yourself. So and like you said, we're all a work in progress. There's no uh, blueprint or one size fits all. You know, you just kind of go, got to go through the paces of life and, and things are, will be revealed, you know, as you go through those paces. Yeah, it's true. And what you said is so right on about sometimes there's other work we have to do first. Yes. Kind of clearing the decks and really creating the space. Because I think that, you know, when we reinvent ourselves, it takes time, it takes energy, it takes the desire to get to know yourself better. It takes the willingness to to do a lot of self-inquiry, to figure things out. A lot of times I feel like for me, it's about listening to my intuition. So getting really quiet and letting, you know, wisdom bubble up. And it's hard to do those things, of course, if we're, if things are unsettled or, you know, we're going through something traumatic. But once we can hopefully clear that space, then, you know, we can focus on, I want to get to know Wendy. What's Wendy yeah, about, right? Exactly. Exactly. 
You know, there's, I think, I, I don't know if it was Buddha. Or, I love like quotes and different things like that. I have so much stuff around here that I hang up and, you know, it's like inspiration. But uh, it was a, it's a quote and it says that you just as much as anybody deserve your own love and care. You know, we, yeah. we try to give that to everybody, but a lot of times we miss ourselves, you know, when, exactly. we're, when we're doing that. Exactly. I know that people who are listening want to know, where can I find Tracy Momi? She is so cool. She is so dope. She's so wise. I want to soak up more of her wisdom <laughs> and inspiration. So the question is, how, how can people find you? Because I know you do all these different things. What are the best ways that people can find you? Um, well, through my website, there's links out to everything that I do at tracymomi.com. It's just my name, T-R-A-C-I-E-M-O-M-I-E.com. And on, on Instagram, it's also at tracymomi. I try to keep it all simple because I feel like I would forget all these names if I <laughs> tried to, you know, do a bunch of cutesy stuff. And then, of course, the community face of 50 uh is on Instagram and it's not the, it's just face of 50. So yeah, I would love to, you know, I, I have met some incredible people, including yourself, Wendy online. And it is just so amazing when, you know, regardless to where someone lives, you know, the internet and social media has like bridged those gaps for us to like, I mean, cause think about it. We would have never met had it, you know, like, had exactly. we not had this social media or Instagram, like we're on two different sides of the, the country. Yeah. So yeah, I, I would love to hear from you guys. I, that would be great. And and you are so right about that because I know sometimes people think, oh, social media, I don't want to be bothered. It's so negative. Yeah. But I think there's this amazing other side where I've been able to meet, as you said, amazing people like you and create this really awesome community yeah. that is yeah. so uplifting in a time when our world seems really dark and chaotic. Exactly. And it's up to you to, to, about what you're going to consume, you know, yeah. block people, don't follow people, exactly. do all of that stuff to protect your peace. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Your sanity. Exactly. So there's all kinds of ways to find joy. And for all of you that are listening, I really encourage you to follow Tracy on social media. If you're 50, check out Face of 50 on Instagram. It's just really fun. It's empowering. She features all these women in, in just really fun, interesting, and engaging ways. And and I love that. As we're wrapping up, what what parting words do you have for our listeners who are either already reinvention rebels and love listening to the podcast for inspiration, or they're thinking, huh? Well, Tracy reinvented herself and found her groove and found her joy. <laughs> and maybe I could too. So what would you tell them? I would tell people just, first of all, don't get too caught up in an idea that you had about yourself that probably isn't even true anymore. You know, go with how you feel now. You know, what, what makes you happy now? And it doesn't have to be something that everybody that's making everybody else happy. You know, you're an individual. So think about what sparks joy for you because evolution is, it's necessary. We all evolve. Change is absolute. And life is all about mental, physical and spiritual growth. So, you know, think of it in those terms. And, and like I said, it doesn't have to be some big grandiose thing where, oh, you know, I, I can't write a book or I don't know how to, you don't have to write a book. I mean, you can do what, 
whatever makes you happy. Look, it has to be a path that makes you happy. And again, I would just go back to those two questions. Who am I and who do I want to be? And find a way to kind of marry those two. I love it. Those are really profound questions. Who am I and who do I want to be? What a great note to end on. I cannot thank you enough, Tracy Momi, for joining me in the Reinvention Rebels guest chair for this really fantastic conversation about awakening to ourselves. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Wendy. I mean, you, what you're doing is just really amazing, featuring such a diverse group of women who are just still making it happen and inspiring people in their all the way from 50 to 90. You know, you have such a beautiful spirit and I'm so glad we connected. <gasps> me too. <laughs> I know she's like a little love fest, but I was like, this woman is so fabulous. Yeah, so, so the reinvention thing was so right up my alley. I'm like, yes, reinvent ourselves. We don't have to be stuck with who we were yesterday. Okay. <laughs> so keep changing and growing. Exactly. Keep changing, growing, and we can do it over and over as many times as we want, which I think Absolutely. is also cool. Like you might decide for how many years from now, and now I'm going to be X. Exactly. Right? Exactly. <laughs> And that's really the beauty of it. So thank you. Thank you, wonderful friend, for joining me. Hey, amazing listener. Are you ready for a dose of pro-age inspiration delivered to your inbox? Pop over to reinventionrebels.com and sign up for my news and notes. I share motivation, insights, and articles about how you can become a pro-age reinvention rebel too. Come join us. Are you tired of waiting for someday? Feel like you're too old or it's too late to reinvent yourself? Unsure of how you'd even get started on the path to midlife reinvention? I'm here to help. As your guide on the side and host of the top 2% globally rated Reinvention Rebels podcast, I've been around the reinvention block a lot. Here's a simple way you can get started. Sign up for my free audio, Five questions to spark your curiosity and inspire your reinvention rebel journey. It all starts with getting curious about what's possible. And I've got five questions to help tease out some very cool ideas. Let's get started. Details are in the show notes.